everybody, and welcome to the Summit Up Podcast. This is where we talk about movies, shows, games. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and Spotify. I am John, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Chris. So how you doing, buddy? Uh, I, I'm doing pretty good. Lots of stuff, lots of lowbrow humor, like the idea that HBO Max thinks they have a good streaming service, but according to Christopher Nolan, it's the worst one. There's... <laughs> HBO Max is uh, worse than Peacock, apparently. Take oh that, gosh. HBO Max. Oh, because uh, Christopher Nolan's word is law, as we have all determined. You know, and yes, yes, it is. As a movie director, it is law. Yes. So, speaking of jokes, I want to just... We don't have to talk about this very long. I just want to make it known. I don't want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, so I read something today that came out about an upcoming uh, biopic about Ronald Reagan that oh, no. the lead singer of Creed Scott Stapp is going to be playing Frank Sinatra in a biopic about Reagan. Oh no. And I just I want to let that that sentence sink in a little bit for you. Um Reagan is also going to be played by Dennis Quaid. Uh so everything about this so far just feels very 2020. And it's just chaotic, uh, dystopian future kind of way. Okay, so I have my thoughts immediately when you said uh, Scott Stapp. Because if I can recall, I think it was maybe six or seven years ago, maybe less than that. Or maybe it was eight years ago where Scott Stapp was getting bullied for... Or like he he did something very bad with his... uh, with his album or something like that or he was upset about something and people were making fun of him or shady business practices that's what it was he had some shady business practices uh, since he had left creed and he was doing his own thing and i remember watching a video of him talking like this guy's lost his marbles um that's right he was suing one of his business partners but not like the group, but like his own manager or something like that. Cause he lives in the town that I grew up in Boca Raton and he just was in some really weird stuff. The guy is, the guy is bizarro, you know, but I, yeah, my family does have a signed, uh, <laughs> a signed album by him because, uh, my, my stepdad met him and I was like, okay, when you live in a town like this, you know, you're bound to come across some crazies. So, yeah. I mean, does the does that casting with no with Dennis Quaid? No. Nope. Okay. Cool. I can say right away. That. No, that that is an awful <laughs> casting. This is just a fun little tidbit to talk about. Uh, that as soon as I read it, I thought of you and just wanted to get your your opinion on this ridiculous news. And it's supposed to be a young Sinatra uh, kind of. It, it's it's all going to be happening in the shadow of, of the story about Reagan. So thankfully, it's not going to be like the focal point of it. But just the fact that... Why does it have to involve Reagan? That's why it's a Ra- it's a Reagan biopic. Yes. That has, Frank, that has a young Frank Sinatra in it. Yes. Why? Well, but my question is, is this like Reagan while in office? Or is it Reagan like during the 60s when he was an actor? Like I just... I'm so confused. Yeah, Why? so it, it's potentially going to happen in the 40s and 50s um, when he's the when Reagan is the president of the Screen Actors Guild. Oh, okay. Um, so it's it's kind of 
it's while he's still an actor or before he begins uh, begins politics um I, who knows this is literally like the first little bit of information i've ever read about this movie and i don't care to hear anything else about it i just cannot wait to see if they actually have him like singing frank sinatra songs with his own voice or if they're going to dub them uh he doesn't really look like sinatra but maybe they can tweak his face enough just like you know just to make it work um but anyways i already feel like we've talked about this too much i really don't want to put any more brain cells into this i did it with arms wide open <laughs> i was trying to do it yeah, i did it my way and this I mean, it just hard cuts to like can you take me higher he can even fly you up to the moon oh wait uh, i don't oh take me higher all the way up to the moon fly me to oh, the moon. oh oh now, i had to force it we're just gonna have to combine his music with with uh with the rat pack this would be great oh oh god it feels very much like a rat king rather than a rat pack yes but i really i want to i want to move on now uh that was just that was just a fun thing i wanted to get off my chest so in the first actual story that we're going to talk about um hbo max's has come out and said that they're projected to pass disney plus's subscriber numbers within the next three to five years i mean they're on track (laughs) to hit their (laughs) i know i know we're gonna get into that but they're confident right now that they're at least going to hit their their goal by 2025 uh and and i don't know man like they obviously they got a little bit of a boost when they came out initially and said that they're going to simultaneously release all of their movies on hbo max as well as in theaters so i think initially people were excited because they they knew that they could pay 15 bucks a month just to go see a movie again at the comfort of their own home and some of them were movies that they wanted to see um so I'll probably get HBO Max every couple of months and just watch a couple of movies and then turn it back off. Um, but I, what what I think is really getting to me is that with that announcement, they were never intending to make new content specifically for streaming. Um, whereas Disney has come out obviously on Investor's Day and listed the dozens of projects they have that are designed with uh disney plus in mind so that's going to allow them to tell better stories designed for the format of streaming uh to be told on someone's tv rather than in a theatrical experience and everything about hbo max's decision just feels very thrown together because they're trying to salvage any amount of money they can get um so what what do you think about their lofty goals and do you think that they can surpass Disney Plus and Netflix and all these other major streamers? Or do you think it's just them kind of peacocking, for lack of a better word, about their success? They're totally peacocking about their success. Because what is coming out is that theaters are saying that they're going to... Now, AMC uh, has not commented on this, but other smaller theater chains, I forget which ones, have come out and said like, oh, so... If Warner Brothers does take this route, they will start selling tickets for like three dollars. I didn't see, realize it was that low. To see to see Warner Brothers movies. And that is quite a jab. Like you Warner Brothers and HBO Max, which is basically AT&T, are pissing off everyone involved except the consumer. 
So you're you're basically annoying your supply chain. Um, yeah. By all the directors who said they didn't sign up for their stuff to be put on the streaming service. Uh, people like Patty Jenkins, who is very, very well established, very great. She's a great filmmaker. And Christopher Nolan, who's, I think, every movie he's done has been, is is Warner Brothers, except for, like, his first three films. Uh, it's just incredible. Like, and, and, and people have come out and said that, like, yes, Warner Brothers pays Christopher Nolan to make movies. So as an employee, shut up. But... <laughs> That's different here because Christopher Nolan is speaking for every employee right now who's like, oh, I'm going to miss out on my bonus here, miss out on my bonus there. Disney has been, Disney has learned a lot from Star Wars when it comes to PR. So Disney is learning, hey, we're not going to get angry at the supply chain. We're going to have separate stuff, you know, reasons for you to go to our streaming service and reasons for you to go to the movies. Until Disney buys up a theater chain, which would be my prediction, but probably won't ever happen. I don't know. That's interesting. But the way that the way that Warner Brothers is going about this is not the way is is not a very smart way. Like mm-hmm. with how they've made their, you know, they didn't talk to the directors first. They just said, hey, it's coming to the streaming service. And while that is great for the consumer, if your business plan intends on scaring people away from your industry uh from from your platform for them to go to other platforms you know like a netflix netflix is paying people big dollars to do their stuff whereas you know here's here's someone like at&t reworking contracts to make it more streaming friendly when these big directors are like this is not what we signed up for it's but you could still get martin scorsese to do netflix I don't think Martin Scorsese is ever going to do Warner Brothers, you know? There's something there's something very odd about this streaming service and how they're running it up and ruining good faith with the people who make your stuff. While I do believe streaming is the future, it's how you go about making those plans, which is why I mentioned in the story that Disney Plus seems to be... Disney is doing it the right way. Netflix is doing it the right way. Heck, Amazon is doing it the right way, even though their business model is focused on an online store that has nothing to do with their streaming, even though they're connected. Like one is supporting the other, obviously, but mm-hmm. like that, it, it's fascinating for me to see HBO, who used to be the pinnacle of television, like no, it wasn't television; it was just good content, fumbling down this very long stairway of of PR blunders. I don't know. What what are you getting from this? I mean, maybe they think that because they have, um, like the, the caliber of content behind the name associated with HBO for me, for the most part, I'd say, I'd say, um, beat for beat. They tend to have more successes than failures compared to other streaming services. Now that, that ratio is probably going to change here before too long. Um, but I do think that they've had a higher focus on quality from the beginning of their service than some of the other uh, providers that are pumping out content just to fill up a library. Um, but I, I think there's only so much goodwill that can buy. And you're right, that it's an announcement for the consumers. And when you piss off everybody else, like you said, in the supply chain of this, then they're the ones that can really do some damage. I mean, you might be able to get... 100 million subscribers to your to your network but then if you're losing 
hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars in revenue from, from theatrical experiences, then that's going to really hurt your bottom line and affect your um, the budgets, the production value of all of your future content, um, the amount and quality of directors and crew that's going to be able to, that's going to want to work for you. Um, I mean, they're they're setting up an environment that is focused solely on the consumer and does not care about anybody else in in the production line. Um, so it's it's a really bad precedent that I think they're setting with all of this, and it just feels like. All of the other services are kind of just standing back and letting things happen and just kind of seeing where the dust settles. But I, I don't think this is going to turn out in HBO's favor. And I think you're going to have a company like Disney Plus that just had a huge amount of announcements for their Investors Day meeting. And all of those seem to be pro- propelling the service forward to where they're producing great quality content that's flushing or fleshing out star wars and pixar and marvel and disney and all of their types of content and that's the type of thing that's going to organically grow your subscriber base whereas a cheap little hey we're going to throw you a bone and instead of seeing this instead of seeing the suicide squad in theaters you can see it in your living room it's a very very temporary fix um that feels like they're trying to put a band-aid on the outside of the titanic and hope that it doesn't sink yeah, and their lineup is incredible for 2021. There's like, what, five really good movies that you might want to get the <laughs> service for. Out of the 12 that they announced? Yes, I'm being very facetious here, but it's just, it is one of those things where I, I talked about, and we, we've talked about this together, the movie experience has to change, or these theaters are going to die. And I personally have no allegiance to the theaters. Absolutely none. Uh, so if they go away, they go away. We'll do streaming service, everything. But it's it's how you do business that matters because PR is now important in the world of online entertainment. It's just, once it gets into the vacuum of Twitter or Facebook, it just stays there and it just echo chambers really loud. And so when you have your top dog director, someone like Christopher Nolan, and people remember his work, you can have... <laughs> You're going to have a bunch of people in Great Britain who are like, yeah, Dunkirk is an amazing piece and maybe the rest of the world doesn't know why, but it means a lot to that society. Me watching Interstellar, someone who likes science, someone who likes space, like that movie, I watched four, I went to go see it four times, John, four times. And 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 it's a very long movie. And I'm not one who goes to rewatch movies in the theater. I went to go see that movie. That's huge for me. And maybe for others where they go see movies 10 times at the theaters, it's a different thing. But for me, it's a big deal. Uh, For a lot of people, they love Interstellar, what that movie is. When you have the guy who directs that movie and he's like, nah, we ain't about it. And there are other directors who are like, who are doing the same thing. Like, uh, what is this? Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. With his movie Dune. Like, people who are not people who are not part of Warner Brothers are worried for the film because of what Warner Brothers is doing. So it's like, you know, you you kind of have to be a little bit worried. But it the the business sense is there. Like we talk I talked about it like this is a great move for HBO Max. I said last week. My problem is is don't go showboating about it. Don't don't try and don't do this in the shadows where you're 
where you're not telling your directors about it, it's wrong. You know, it, it, the way they're talking about this service is like how movies talk about like, oh, we don't make any money. BS. Or how yeah. they do like their their movie books so that they they're like, oh, we didn't make any we didn't make any money on this film. So you really can't charge us taxes and stuff like that. It just feels like a scummy move, even though I think it's the future move to make. It's just the way you do it. Well, and, and to kind of go off of that, Disney has is at least the rumor is that they're starting to adjust the contracts to account for potential Disney Plus releases of films that were already planned to be in theaters so that everybody would still get paid, would still happen the right way. But they're it, it's like they're adjusting the foundation before they just come out and announce the result um, to where that way everybody that's involved is all on the same page, like you said. They're all happy, or at least have an understanding of what the direction is going to be, um, and it just feels like HBO. It's it's all of these decisions coming out of a boardroom, where they're just thinking about the money. And they're not thinking about how they make the money or who gets them the money. They're not thinking because... about the contracts. They're not thinking about the. They're not thinking about the academy and all the rules they have to follow with that. It's just a, it's a simple business move that they don't think about the repercussions. Yeah, yeah, and I mean honestly, like. I mean, I, I think that Wonder Woman is going to draw a lot of people. I think the Suicide Squad will draw a lot of people. But there's not enough new content coming out in the next year that I think it'll be sustainable long term for them. Um, because if they if they go with what they're doing this year, and then even a year after that, they start having an actual plan and release content based off of like focusing more on streaming, they're already going to be a year behind Disney+. Plus. Um, hmm. And it's going to be really hard for them to catch up when Disney and Netflix are the ones pumping out great content. Amazon's got the boys um, and they're coming out with new. I think they're the ones that are working on the Lord of the Rings uh, yes. TV show. So all of these other studios already have all of this high quality content coming out designed for streaming. And HBO Max, like I said, is just throwing the like movies out there, hoping that it'll have the exact same experience and the same draw that content made for streaming would have that's the, um, but that you just said it they're throwing out movies they're not really throwing out shows which is what keeps people into streaming services right yeah and they yeah. have a huge obviously hbo has a huge catalog of shows the sopranos you got you got your game of thrones which ended really really poorly but you've got sopranos game of thrones you've got uh rome you've got all these other uh, you've got uh, Watchmen, you've got Chernobyl, you've got so much stuff, but they're not announcing stuff now. Like, they announced, what is it, um, the new Game of Thrones. They teased that, what was it, yeah, today or yesterday? Yeah, that'll come out in 2022, I think. Yeah, 2022. That's way too far away. Disney Disney was like, hey, when we release this service, we're coming out with this show called Mandalorian. And people were like, okay. And even so, like, the Disney catalog is pretty barren but people still go to it because they're like they're trying to beef it up not with movies but with shows exactly and that'll provide the longevity that they need and to be honest like yeah hbo has a lot of great older shows and movies on it but younger crowds aren't coming there to watch the sopranos they're really not even coming there to watch game of thrones people crave new content that people are talking about and watching in masses now and Disney, I think, is really pushing hard on that with shows like The Mandalorian, with all their MCU or MCU shows planned. 
um, with all the Star Wars content that's coming out. And, and HBO is just not providing that same level of content at the same rate that they are. So they may talk a big game, they may have one or two big hits every three to four months, but that's not a sustainable business plan um, that'll keep them going over the next year while they're also pissing off all of a lot of the theaters and directors and studios. Um, so I think right now in this moment, they may get a little boost in, in subscribers, but I think at the long run, they're gonna have a hard time making quality content again it's really going to hurt them by 2023, 2024. Um, it's just, it's not, it's not going to work, I think, in the long run. But I mean, time will tell. Time will tell. I just, I don't like it when businesses talk a big game. I don't. It's just like, it's just, it doesn't seem humble. And I know some people are like, well, they're businesses. This is how they get people excited. This is how they get their investors excited. Sure. Fine. But when you're, it's the way they do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And look how they treated the DCEU. So, fix. show me that you really can make quality content before you start swinging out there, like, with the with the big dick energy. I just don't believe it. <laughs> I, just, I just can't. I can't trust. I can't trust that company. Yeah, that's fair. Right now. That, right now. That's I can't definitely fair. Um, so, the next thing I wanted to really get into was the ridiculousness that is the Spider-Man 3 casting confirmations and rumors. Um, So kind of give me your general thoughts, because we have, obviously, everybody's returning from Spider-Man Far From Home, Um, all of those characters. You have J.K. Simmons back in his roles, J. Jonah Jameson. You have Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and Kirsten Dunst and Emma Stone, basically all confirmed for their roles. Um, Jamie Foxx is back as Electro, we've got um, the original actor for the Sandman that's been almost, I think, almost confirmed, if not already confirmed. Um, and also Doc Ock is going to be back in it. Alfred uh, Molina. Have, yeah, Alfred Molina. We also have rumors that Charlie Cox is going to play Daredevil in this show, um, that they're going to bring him in from the Disney or from the Netflix shows. Um, I mean, there's, and they're going to have Doctor Strange overseeing all, basically, confirmation for the multiverse right now. Um, so just with all of this madness that has been announced, do you think that this is making a better movie, or do you think this is just completely muddy the waters? Well, my question, my first question is, who's producing it? Uh, I mean, it's still Disney and Sony together. Man, I, I don't know. I really don't. This <laughs> seems so wild that i am i'm doubtful and i i know it's hard to doubt marvel studios but it's the it's it's such a weird thing i don't know i I, like i said doubtful i would never have doubted uh the spider-verse you know when that comic watching that art style is like ooh, instantly grabbed i'm like i believe in this i want to go see it it was great live action Live action allows a lot more... What's the word? It allows you to see more flaws in a movie than I think in animation. Uh, So with this and how big this cast is, this is a really big... This is a really big risk in my mind. Uh, But I I mean, I, cool? 
Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I want Alfred Molina. That sounds great. I want Kirsten Dunst. I know a lot of people don't like Tobey Maguire. So I have no idea. I, I really don't. I like... I I think that this might be too big to handle, but Marvel has proven that to be irrelevant. So <laughs> I comparing this to the Flashpoint, this is going to be better, I think. So we shall see. This might be the answer to Flashpoint. I mean, well, yeah, potentially. I mean, they Marvel was also already putting together all of their multiverse content before the Flashpoint was really even announced. Um, they at least knew the direction they wanted to go in. Now, granted, I don't think they had all this casting confirmed or even probably in the works at that point for this movie in particular. Um, but when when I'm looking at all of this casting that they've that they've announced and all of the the people that they have confirmed for it. It feels more like a Spider-Man 4 or 5 where they spend a, f a couple other movies and TV shows setting up the multiverse and that idea of multiple multiple people playing the same or multiple characters being played by the same person, um, multiple versions of the characters, and, and then eventually, maybe like in Spider-Man 4, they introduce them all... Um, and Spider-Man 5 is when they hit the ground running and really propel the story in the multiverse or in the Spider-Verse. Mm -hmm. But it really felt like this was supposed to be more about um, Tom Holland's character just making it out from being exposed. And I, I think it would have made it for a great Craven the Hunt or Craven the Hunter film um, where it, it just should have been smaller scale. And then yes. when, they wrapped up, when they wrapped up that whole story and they had tied that all up together, then just teased the idea of Doctor Strange coming in and introducing, oh no, we can get you more help. There's more Spider-Man out there and introduce him to Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. And then they expand upon that idea more and more and more and more. But they're just, it just feels like they're trying to throw as many darts at the wall as they can and hope that finally this is the third Spider-Man movie that sticks. Um, well, we haven't and, we haven't had a movie where where Tom Holland saves New York. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, think about it. They made a move. They made the movie Homecoming. He goes to D.C. for a portion of the movie. Like we don't see him swing all the time through New York. He spends time on a on a on a on a plane from stark industries you know he's in the sky like we don't see him swing from building to building taking out his like people in new york far from home doesn't take place in new york far from home is in europe so like that's that's such, we don't have a movie where tom holland himself is the whole story centers around new york so yeah he's not a, really a friendly neighborhood spider-man when he's not in the neighborhood yeah that's that's what makes me rather apprehensive about this announcement it's like whoa i know we didn't get the origin story with tom holland which i think everyone was happy about i was happy about it yeah because we've seen it so many times done but you know when are we gonna get spider-man in new york yeah and and th like i said like this would have been a great opportunity to focus on that like him trying to because new york's a big place obviously and and him trying to navigate the streets with while being recognized and his identity excuse me while being recognized and his identity being exposed 
and and being chased by people um, where he could have met up. This would have been a great opportunity to introduce him to Daredevil, um, and and this is how you could kind of uh, introduce Charlie Cox back as as that character, to where he kind of helps him hide out, helps him gain back his um, the secrecy behind his identity, uh, and, and it just it feels it feels like there's a like at least a dozen other ways to do this movie right. And again, there's no trailer, there's no footage or anything behind them uh, shooting like behind the scenes stuff. So we really don't know what this is going to look like or how big of a role these people are even going to play in it. Um, but just with with how much hype it's all getting in the in the news and how much time it's getting on air, it just it, it it's making me not feel super great about this movie. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with everything you're saying here. Like, give me a smaller scale movie, introduce smaller elements into the into the spider into the spider universe in his universe. So we get acquainted with it. We haven't even had J. Jonah Jameson in here. Yeah. Peter Parker isn't taking pictures for the Daily the Daily Bugle. Like, yeah. What, what what are we doing here? Is this even Spider-Man? It seems <laughs> like the Spider-Man in Avengers that has nothing to do with New York, which doesn't make any sense to me. Exactly. They're they're trying I think the problem is they're they're expanding so much of their other properties into space. And, and the stakes have been raised so much on other, or for other heroes, that when you have somebody like Spider-Man who is supposed to be more grounded and small scale, and he fights people in weird goblin outfits, um, when you have people like that, it to, to keep him on the same trajectory as you have Thor just feels weird. Um, and it, it just feels out of place for that character when you have a great, or two great um sony games focusing on peter in new york fighting new york level threats um peter or miles really and and you have all of this other content with that's only ever focused on peter doing larger scale things um and i again i just wish they would just back it off just keep it keep it small keep it intimate i mean i don't think stephen strange should have been the the mentor figure uh for for the third movie again like i really feel like charlie cox's daredevil would have been a much better choice i have no opinion on that because i never seen daredevil oh, man. but i do have yeah. an opinion i did say i don't like the mentorship of dr i'm pretty sure i said in the podcast before i don't like that idea of like oh dr strange is now the mentor to to tom holland or peter parker just i'm just like why why has he got to be a mentor yeah but like it with with dr strange and peter and and spider-man like those are two very different heroes who yes both reside in new york both who work in new york and who do team up occasionally in the comics but when you have two smaller scale heroes navigating the same types of villains because kingpin has been a villain in both spider-man and daredevil um there's so much more crossover between those two people than there is spider-man and, and dr strange that I feel like it would have kept the the intimacy of the the style that they should have gone for, um, while also introducing a great actor in, back in, into a role in the MCU that I think he really deserves. Um, I mean, if, if if nothing else, if you don't watch any other Netflix um, Marvel content, uh, the Daredevil show is great. Jessica Jones season one is great, and that's it. That's really about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
the back half of Luke Cage season two, I want to say, is pretty good. Um, Iron Fist is is it is what it is. Um, but I think I think if nothing else, Charlie Cox and and um, and the actress who played Jessica Jensen, I can't remember her name, and I feel really bad. She'll left. Um, don't worry. I don't think yeah. she's offended. Chris, oh, Kristen Ritter. There you go. Um, yeah, both of them. I feel like have earned their place in the mcu and deserve to continue playing their roles yeah but i don't know why we have to recast all the people from the old spider-man movies in this like, as much as i like the recasting of alfred molina everyone else i'm like why are we doing this make new characters you know i, I mean it just seems the... so bizarre yeah i mean i i thought the original casting of them was great um alfred molina was alfred molina sorry was a great dog hawk I thought we the Sandman that we got was was super relatable and um, very empathetic as a villain um, because he was kind of like pretty killmonger in that you saw his reasoning and you understood his his um, uh, motivation going into it for the so kids was, for yeah. his kids his daughter right exactly yeah. yeah he was doing it for his family because he loved them and he cared about them and this is the way that he saw he had to do it. And so you could you could buy into his motivation. Um, but who else w- do you want from the extended? You, do you really want Tobey Maguire? Do you really want Andrew Garfield? Do you really want Emma Stone and Kirsten Dunst? I mean, eventually, but I, I don't think we've we've earned that place yet. You, I don't think you need to do it with any of those people. If anything, the only casting that I saw was very much necessary because they left an imprint on the on the on that universe on those movies was alfred molina i thought him as doc ock was fantastic and that's not saying that he played a good doc ock he's just a great actor and he did a great job like people make fun of jamie fox all the time as electro but that's not that's not jamie fox's fault that's the direction of it the people who filmed it um toby mcguire is a jerk i think uh what is it? Joe Maganello told a story where one of the camera crew people were trying to give him a hundred bucks to punch him for real in that locker <laughs> yeah. scene at school. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this is you. If you ha- if you know their production woes with these people, why would you bring them back? I and, recast and, new people. Get us a Miles Morales. I mean, granted. Okay, so if they do this whole multiverse thing. Um, I do think having Tobey Maguire as an aged up Spider-Man is the way to do it um, because I think he'll he'll be more like a Ben Affleck Batman at this point where he's been through some stuff and he's not going to be that same bubbly young hero that he was when he first started out who is also had an emo phase. I think he's I think he's moved past that and there's a good way to, to direct his character. Um, and Andrew Garfield, I feel like was like right in the middle ground between a great Spider-Man and a great Peter Parker. Um, but I, I just, I, I think to do a Miles Morales story, they still have to set up the loss of a Peter Parker in some universe, whether that be Tobey Maguire's universe or Andrew Garfield's or Tom Holland reaches out to him at some point. Um, but I, I, I think for right now, they need to set up, um, like I said, like the more intimate scale or when they get to multiverse stuff, set up how you're going to put in Miles Morales, preferably with the loss of, of Tobey Maguire, and maybe pull him from that universe. Um, 
because I, I mean, I could see that working because I don't think we're at the point where we can lose Tom Holland yet. I think he's going to keep doing Spider-Man until he dies or they kick him out eventually. Um, but I, I, I don't know, man. They're just getting into this way too fast for my liking. I, let me extend my hand out to you virtually and politely disagree with you 100%. Oh, I just I bring back bring back Emma Stone to play Gwen Stacy as like the spider Gwen don't I just I'm not talking about when you talk about bringing back Tobey Maguire and that he's he's aged up they're gonna do good things for his character no I'm just talking about Tobey Maguire as a person I could care less about all the other stuff like is he the spider-man we grew up with with Sam Raimi yeah you know and there's a lot of nostalgia there but when you when you hear about some of these nightmares and stuff like that, don't bring that specific guy back. Just bring, pick and choose the really cool stuff from the universes. Do you have? Do you have to bring Kirsten Dunst back? I like Kirsten Dunst, but if they said we're not bringing back Kirsten Dunst, we're we're bringing back the J. Jonah Jameson from that. Uh, I forget his name already. The actor J.K. Simmons? Simmons. There we go. If you're saying, like, from that universe, we're bringing Alfred Molina, we're bringing J.K. Simmons, and then from, you know, the Tommy Maguire universe, we're bringing in Spider-Gwen as Gwen Stacy or something like that, I'd be like, okay, you're picking and choosing, but they're taking the whole pot. And sometimes when you take the whole pot, you're going to get some very bad variables. I don't know. I That's how I'm looking at it. I just don't want Tobey Maguire anywhere near my... Th- we're near my good spider-man does that does that make sense i mean i get that and again like we we don't know what direction they're going in with all this we don't know how much of them is going are going to be in this movie um maybe it's just like a, they see each other through the through the web of life and destiny ah and, ah, and and it's just like a, a passing moment that you see a battle maybe reshot in a new way um i mean i i I'm sure that if they cast, or if they got these actors back, that they have them for some significant amount of screen time. But I'm kind of hoping they don't. Um, I just it it felt like this series, <clears throat> like Far From Home, was setting up one film, and then when Disney and and uh, or when Marvel and Sony got into a, a better standing, that they're just kind of throwing everything in there at once. And I don't know, man, like. Marvel and Disney have, I think, earned a lot of goodwill from its audience members. So maybe this is going to be better than we think it will be. And we're just kind of spinning our wheels at this point. But I I think there's a lot more pressure on this being the third Spider-Man film of the third reboot. Um, or the third version, I guess. And I, I just think if, they're, if, they're, if they screw this one up, it's going to take a lot more hard work... Uh, to buy back the goodwill i i'm just saying i have my extreme doubts right now i don't i don't like what they're doing with this uh but i am totally okay with being proven wrong (laughs) and time will tell again i feel like we keep saying that time will tell i mean it is the multiverse oh yeah space and time uh so you know as we kind of wind down for the year i mean we're we're gonna skip a a week or two after this uh to spend time with our family and friends uh so we we can kind of take a step back from this i do want to talk about christmas 
Um, we've talked about Halloween and Thanksgiving, so it only felt right to also talk about this major holiday for us. Wait, wait, hold on. Before you continue, I need to ask you, what, let's touch on Hanukkah for a second. Okay. Have you seen what's going around about S- Smokey Robinson? No. Okay, so do you know who Smokey Robinson is? Yes. Okay, so Smokey Robinson is on Cameo, which for those of you who don't know is an app where famous celebrities can do a message for you if you pay them a certain amount of money and you can have that message and play to to somebody or whatever so Smokey robinson is paid to do a message for this guy named michael you know like his kids bought it for him and Smokey's like hey how's it going michael and he's like just talking to him and be like you used to live near me when i lived in detroit that's beautiful and he's just going on talking about like i hear you living in vancouver and that's pretty cool and he's just giving a nice private message. And then is he's like, your kids wanted me to wish you a happy Chinooka. Oh, I don't no. know what Chinooka is, but yeah, I hope you have a nice Chinooka. And he just, he just keeps on going with that. And he's just like, yeah, you know, have a great year and happy Chinooka. And it's so funny. He doesn't know that it's spelled, it, it, it's Hanukkah. Oh no. Yeah. Like, but. I've seen Hanukkah spelled without the C, and I guess in Hebrew it's spelled with the CH. I don't know. Yeah. But how how we spell it in English, it's just with an H with no C. So it's just Hanukkah. But I guess in Hebrew it's Chinooka and Hanukkah. 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 But That's that how they get the like reverberated around the internet. And it is he's so heartfelt and so nice and he just how is Smokey Robinson 80 years old and he's never seen he's never seen that the Hanukkah thing because I'll be honest I realized it on a piece of uh, sheet music you know when you're in band and uh, it was like I saw the CH and I was like what what is this you know <laughs> like we were playing a Hanukkah song and it's like oh it's Hanukkah why is there a C and you know my, in my community, there's a larger population of Jewish people. And uh, I had a friend who was a Jewish and who was Jewish. And he explained it to me. I was like, oh, it's just the Hebrew spelling. I'm like, OK, it's not too bad. But I was but a lot of people are confused by it. But Smokey Robinson, 80 years old, never seen it. Oh, man. Yeah. What a what a gem. What a gem. <laughs> but yeah, that's my Hanukkah uh, news watch for you. And that's about as much uh, airtime as Hanukkah typically gets in the holiday season. Ooh, so that sounded that's... like a burn. You know, happy Hanukkah to those. You know, John might not support your 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 uh, religion, but you know what? I'm I'm fine for it. You know, take as much airways as you want. Yom Kippur. You know, the opa when you do it at the weddings. I'm totally for it. You know, I have no issue. Hanukkah, eight days, nine days. You want to take ten days? Go for it. I just, as long as that oil burns. I, John, you know my philosophy. If a woman could marry a roller coaster in Kentucky and no one bats an eye, I really could care less what you do as long as you're not hurting anybody. I have heard you say that exact phrase before, so of course that's how you feel. That, that is how I feel, so yeah, go ahead. Let's Now let's talk about, yeah, really the more important holiday, Christmas. That's, that's fine. Let's be honest. It's that's a joke. It's not more holiday. important, but it is what you and I celebrate. Yes. Uh, so... Let's just kind of get into it. Um, do you have any kind of like major family traditions for Christmas that you've that you remember or that you guys plan on celebrating this year? 
Uh, so there's two traditions that I want to carry on as I get older and older. Um, definitely it is popcorn. We get, get the Christmas popcorn where it's divided into three flavors uh, yeah. that you get at your local market like Walmart or something. I don't know why I said local market like it's going to the deli. No, <laughs> wait at your local Target or Walmart and you get your popcorn bin. Yes, that is tradition. And then uh, the other one was that, you know, uh, some people say, when are, you, when are you putting up the Christmas tree? It is generally the day after Thanksgiving. And that's that's just how it's always been. Is that that's what happens. Um, some people do stuff like earlier before that, and Christmas, and all this other stuff, like in the beginning of November. I don't know, but just that's how my family does it. What about you, John? Yeah. So uh, this year is definitely going to be a little different. Um, we're obviously doing probably like a Zoom Christmas, uh, where I mean the majority of my family is back in Virginia. Um, and I'm out in Georgia, right next to Tennessee, so we're not going to be able to travel back to there. Um, a lot of my wife's family is all from the same area right near us, but I don't think we're really going to be gathering that much. Um, so my parents and my, my side of the family uh, would always gather together every Christmas morning and um, get, uh, squeeze into my grandparents' little house. It would be like 30 of us there at a time in a tiny little living room, and we would all bring like a potluck dinner or potluck lunch together uh we'd all eat together hang out see each other and then uh, my family's all christian and we like my, my grandpa my papa uh breaks down the christmas story from all these different verses from the bible and and assigns everybody in the family a little snippet to read and so we go around the room and read the christmas story as a family um and it, it's just this big like unifying little moment for us um and they also, uh, there's a, an army base right nearby, uh, Chester, Virginia, where I'm from. And for for many years there, we would like ad- adopt soldiers for the holiday, for Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, where um, it's a program they worked out with, with the base for people that wouldn't be able to travel home for the holidays. They would match you up with fam- like local families that would take you in for, for the day. Um, to let you have some kind of holiday experience. So we would host, um, I don't know, anywhere between three to nine soldiers at a time um, and just kind of, you know, give them a traditional family Christmas experience so they didn't have to miss out on a, on a big time of the year since they couldn't go back to their families. Um, they, in the last couple of years, they've stopped doing that, but that was, that was a big, big part of our tradition for a long time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, obviously with COVID and everything, um, and my father-in-law is actually getting over COVID. Uh, he's in rehab right now, so we're it's going to be a lot more low-key this year, just focusing on um, probably my wife, I, my mother-in-law, all my in-laws, um, you know, just focusing on, on family and, and being together over Zoom uh, and really just, you know, kind of getting back to the core of it all. The core, which is getting things <laughs> it's all about that stuff it's all that stuff no the, those are really cool traditions i think the army base one is really fascinating because i remember being in marching band and this is a thanksgiving story but it's very brief it's just like oh for those of you who can't go home for thanksgiving or something like that you know the band director's like you can come over to our place and have and this is in college you know 
the band director's like, you can come over to our place for Thanksgiving. And, like, usually there was, a, you know, maybe 15 students or 20 students who'd come over for Thanksgiving who just couldn't go home for, for it. And uh, I remember I went to one. It was really nice. It was really cool. And so the fact that the Army base has a program to do that or had a program to do that is pretty cool. It's, that sounds really great. Um, but, you know, uh, the other tradition that we had, at least for Christmas, was drinking on Christmas Eve. Hell yeah. <laughs> drinking, drinking, uh, usually it's scotch. It's, uh, nice. everyone drinks scotch on Christmas Eve. So, okay. That's the, uh, that's on my mom's side. <clears throat> my dad's side, we don't really have that, but on my mom's side, it was like, hey, the, the thing is in, in Latin culture, I believe, taking a shot in the dark here, but my mom had always told me that Christmas Eve is bigger for Latinos than Christmas Day. Um, so celebrating Christmas Eve is a lot more fun. You know, it's, you know, it's not bright outside, it's dark out, it's dark, you know, it's nighttime, it's time to, like, party or time to hang out with the family. You'll open gifts on Christmas Eve and not Christmas Day. Maybe some gifts on Christmas Day, it's a little different, but I don't know. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And then we get, like, Chinese or something the next day, or I don't know. It, it, that, <laughs> that gets muddled for me for tradition, but I definitely do want Christmas Eve to be more of a bigger thing in my family because i've always seen some people like oh we go to church on christmas eve and that's it and i'm like oh like you don't open anything or you don't do anything else They're like no we go to bed and then christmas day is the bigger thing so i don't know i want both days to be i want christmas eve to be bigger not bigger than christmas day but i want it to just generally be more exciting yeah yeah and you know just spending that time with your family uh, together with people that you love and care about and making memories um and I, I it it feels weird and strange being apart from everybody obviously but it's the right thing to do um and and with with so many opportunities for people to get together like you just want to be as careful as you can especially for people that are more at risk um so as much as it sucks being away from everybody i, I we're you're doing the right thing by kind of isolating is is a strong word but you know just being more separated i think physically but definitely not emotionally spiritually being together um yeah so i it's it's a weird year and i think it's it's definitely not going to be this way next year um at least we can all hope uh but it's i it's definitely one for the for the history books and one that i think we'll look back on and and hopefully kind of take away from all this that we had a moment to kind of refocus our priorities and perspective and and maybe we take this time to not focus so much on the stuff and the gifts of christmas and focus more on um, the memories that we make with family and friends during this time of the year and um uh, just you know reprioritizing a bit i would like to reprioritize that the cookies and milk not be left out for santa Instead, please send them to the P.O. Box for me. <laughs> Not the milk, though. Just the cookies, actually. Now that I think about it, because I am lactose intolerant. John, you could take the milk. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I mean, for someone who has a birthday the week of Christmas, um, I am all about, you know, stocking up on the sweet stuff. Bring that to me. I'll take it. Uh, really just, you know, live it up. Do you so. stock up on milk for your birthday? No. No. But we... We are probably getting a, a little cake this weekend, um, so that'll be gone within a day or two. 
I don't I don't foresee that lasting very long. What kind of cake? Ice cream cake? Regular cake? Yeah, Publix regular, cake? Regular cake. You gonna get the what is it? It's not it's not butter. There's a special like cream. It's cream cheese filling. There we go. You need cream oh. cheese. No, probably probably buttercream. Ah, cream cheese way to go. Man, I don't think so. But do you fine. not like do you not like cream cheese frosting? I, I do, I do. But you know, buttercream is just I like. I like that flavor, that texture a little bit better. Ah, yes, the flavor artificialness. Yes. <laughs> when I bite into my cookie, I want to know that it's filled with preservatives. I'm just kidding. Exactly. I, I want it to taste like it's artificial. <laughs> it's the same way when I play video games. Want to get a nice clean kill? I want to know it's virtual. <laughs> I want to know that my cookie could sit in a room for thirty years and not not fade. <laughs> oh yeah. No, this is like some cookies are like that i had um actually it's funny because today i had like these british cookies called like walker cookies i think yes yeah oh, they were so good shortbread cookies underappreciated right just like almost everything else is here in america yeah everywhere in america it's like chocolate chip cookie the best depends on the chocolate chip i'll say but that's shortbread cookie heck yeah <laughs> so this the you get the did you ever get the tins for christmas the blue tins the danish cookies i did not the only tins like that uh we had in our family only ever housed the sewing supplies that my grandparents or my mom had mm. so so no short no no cookies in a tin got it but you did have the shortbread cookies i mean i've had them before but we always made homemade cookies Ah, oh, that's why homemade cookies, nice for Santa to get fatter. <laughs> did you have a chimney uh, growing up? We did, yeah. It's uh, we had a chimney in our basement. Yeah, yeah. You're very lucky that Santa didn't fall off your roof, die, and then your dad put on the put on the Santa suit and just became Santa. Did you just watch the uh, the um, Caravan of Garbage for Santa Claus? No, but I've seen no, I've seen it before. But you know, I don't know why so many people hate the Santa Claus. It's because it, they progressively devolve into horrible movies. Is it because of Tim Allen? It's because of the logic of the world and the fact that uh, what the implication is that there's a new Santa that pops up every so often, and then the elves just accept it and they don't mourn the Santa. They have no attachment to him. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a means to an end. They, but the the elves seem okay. The, that's the thing. The universe is like, hey, we got a new Santa. The other one's dead. Okay, cool. You're in the new Santa. Like, it's just a given. Why are we supposed to be shocked by that? Now, we do I... that. Look at all the people. Okay, this is about to get crazy. But look at all the people who've died making that uh, FIFA World Cup in in, uh, in Qatar. You, you think like, oh, man, we lost another worker, migrant from India. Oh, no, I'm so sad. No, they're like, bring in the next one, just like these elves. These elves are hardworking business people. So you're saying that it's really the elves that are in charge of the North Pole, and and Santa is the one uh, that's the expendable slave labor. Yeah. Well, am I wrong here? Like, these elves just get... These elves These elves are like the Cimmerillion elves. They're going to live forever, right? They oh don't die. Gosh. You don't You don't see them age in, in, the, in the Santa Claus, do you? Uh, I mean, slightly. Some of them, I'm yeah, they they kind of naturally age. Yeah, but they're gonna live forever, just like the Cimmerillion. 
Oh my gosh. Am I wrong? Like these Lord of the Ring type elves, like Santa Claus is the is the person who who's making the the deal with the devil, and the devil being the elves. I really hope you're not wrong because that makes it so much better as a movie. Wait, it, oh, you're saying if that's the premise, if that's what the movie is, is that? Okay. Yes, yeah. If there, if if Santa Claus Four comes out, and it it's just completely flips on its head, and you find out that the elves were the villains all along, and they were pulling the like the puppet strings, and manipulating everybody, uh, and it just goes super dark, I I would watch that. Yeah, but mm, it sounds like it needs to be an action movie. Where everyone does turn on the elves, but they, well, people are trying to save Santa. Like, let's say it is the premise of Santa Claus, and the person who becomes Santa Claus is like the president of the United States, or not the president. Let's choose someone. Let's say it's the Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama becomes the becomes Santa Claus because everyone loves Dalai Lama. So the whole point is we're going to rescue the Dalai Lama from his corporate overlords, which are the Cimmerian elves. I think that's an that's a case we can get behind, and there are barricades. There's a fortress in the North Pole. You got like the world government sending people out there, kids out there with candy canes trying to trying to make it past the wall, and they're getting shot down with uh, gumdrops. I don't know. Just seems <laughs> just seems like a more family friendly movie than the Santa Claus. Yes, but I still it, like the Santa Claus. Uh, it is what it is. So much hate. Is there another holiday movie that you? vehemently hate oh ooh, i thought you were gonna say like hate no um, because it seems to be that you hate you hate the holidays i uh, i mean next thing you know you're gonna tell me that die hard is a christmas movie <laughs> <laughs> i mean the director of, of die hard might tell you that it's a christmas movie i mean there's a dude who said like you shouldn't you shouldn't be concerned about the virus and he's the president of the united states you gonna take his word for, for it no. Yeah, baby. Ah, no. You think you should listen to that director saying Die Hard is a Christmas movie? No, 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 no. Oh, we really went there, didn't we? Well, I mean, you you said before this podcast that the director said it. You Zack Snyder's talking up his movie. I don't believe it. So you got to take what you can get, you know? It, it's one of those things. It's like, hey, if you're going to put the pie out there and you're going to slip on it, that's on you. I mean, directors can be wrong. David Ayers came out and said that Jared Leto's Joker was vastly misinterpreted because he didn't get enough screen time. So directors are but men. For sure. And <laughs> Tim Allen is is uh, made a good movie in The Santa Claus. Oh, you just don't agree like to it. disagree. Well, then what's a what about Christmas with the Cranks or or uh, what's Jingle All the Way? Uh, I mean, okay let's be real it's been it's been too long since i've seen those elf is is by far the best christmas movie that's come out in the last 40 years so uh we i'm I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and leave it at that well that can be definitely argued i'm not here to say that your opinion is wrong on that i'm just here to say your opinion on spider-man and (laughs) and the santa claus is wrong (laughs) but i like the elf take the elf i I would say it's the best Christmas movie out there right now. I think you could argue maybe, and I might sound ignorant for saying this, The Grinch, the Jim Carrey version. That's, it's up there. It's up um, there. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it, it was so close. I think if I had to score that, it's probably at like, 
it's like a high 85 um whereas i think elf is probably up in the up in the 90s what about christmas vacation chevy chase you know i've never seen any of those movies you've never seen christmas vacation no all right john i got a mission for you just like you won't take the mission to go play knights of the old republic i got a different mission for you go find a place to stream christmas vacation and watch okay. that movie and watch it with jill too because the comedy is fantastic you're you're talking about chevy chase 1989 1989 the height of his power <laughs> when he was the strongest the most influential on middle america before he he fell so hard during his time in community yes and after his fall so hard with snl yes yes so you're really getting the golden age of chevy <laughs> chase oh man but i i think that's a great place I can, to leave it i Do can you hear you any... clicking looking for the christmas vacation what was that you're clicking for the christmas vacation i can hear it in the background you are looking for this movie, right? I'm pretty sure. You're not I'm, trying I'm to segue this show off. You're looking for Christmas Vacation. I'm working on it. Okay, there we go. That's all I want to hear. Yeah, we can end the show now. That's a good point. We can okay. end it on that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We're going to take uh, at least a week off for Christmas. Like I said, just to go be with our families. But we will be back after the holidays, uh, bringing more content, hopefully... Definitely, there's going to be more stuff coming out in the next couple weeks. So we're excited to talk about it. Chris, do you have any final thoughts? Do I have any final thoughts? I would like to say, on the record, that Cruise of Vacation is a really good movie. Everyone should go watch it. Chevy Chase might not be a well-liked human being. Tim Allen might not be a well-liked human being. But go see their movies, you know? (laughs) Enjoy the art for art's sake. Exactly. Isn't that what we did with R. Kelly? That's that is oh, not what we did with R. Kelly, but it is what is we do not. with Michael. It is what we did with Michael Jackson. That that's true. Listen, you you can't have your cake and eat it too, folks. You know, there's just some bad people out there, but you gotta appreciate the art. Just maybe not R. Kelly's. I don't know. I don't know what the line well, is, John. I don't know what the uh, line is. I mean he, he drew the line with P, so there's that. Worse than Michael Jackson. Confirmed. Okay, great. Go watch <laughs> Christmas Vacation. That's fair. Alright. Well, <laughs> Thank you guys so much, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.